What's up, guys, and welcome back to Sensibly Loud Radio. It's your main man, J-Mac, here on this gorgeous evening here at Sensibly Loud HQ here in Dallas, Texas. I am joined by B-Easy and Mountain Carl. What's going on, boys? What's going on? It's always hey. great to have uh, Mr. Carl back in. That's right. Thank you very much. Exciting announcement. Carl is joining up with us full time. So welcome, buddy. Thank you very much. I'm looking for that uh, that heavy lift. I'm excited to do it. Yeah, man. I think yeah. uh, we've been talking about how we, Brandon and I have been out of the office a ton, like kind of at different times, and it's just been hard to like catch each other. I just feel like whenever you're around, I'm not, and vice versa. And so it'll be kind of nice to add that flexibility, a nice another viewpoint, another voice, all that. So, Carl, you and I have known each other for years. So I'm, that's right. I mean, I'm stoked to get to talk to you once a week in person, really. <laughs> yeah, and, and we're still <laughs> still making that work. So that's uh, that's pretty exciting. No, thank you both for having me, and look forward to contributing. It's gonna be great. Hell yeah! Happy to have you on, man. Thank you. It was uh, the great Sambino's one year anniversary the other day. That's pretty crazy, actually. Oh, congratulations, Sambino. I know. He joined up before Brandon did, actually. So it's uh, not not far before, right? Yeah, one of the first. Yeah, he uh, he joined Ben and I pretty early on in the outfielder. So those first few episodes, Carl and I were talking about it earlier. Those first few episodes with just me and Ben are just brutal. <laughs> so bad. And, and it. To be fair, it's not great now, but it's better than that. I can tell you that. Brandon, what's going on with you, man? How's how things been? Oh, things are things are good. Um, you know, it's getting hotter around here, so I'm trying to adapt to the weather and uh I need to get some new clothes sometime soon, that's for sure. But yeah, we had a we had a good weekend going out to the the ball game over uh seeing the Rangers play the A's. Uh we were supposed to do this back in April, but got rained out and the game has been rescheduled. So they did a doubleheader and uh me and the rest of uh you guys uh were out there. So that was that was a pretty awesome time. Yeah, it actually worked out well that it was it was delayed because Carl ended up getting to go with us. So that worked out nicely. Yeah, it was excellent. I actually got to meet the rest of the SLM members and uh, and really hang out there. We got to actually check out a lot of the new ballpark area, which is pretty cool um, over there at Live, which I understand it to be kind of a franchised kind of thing. Like it, it exists in more than just one place. Is that right? Kind of. It's more like each area has their version of that okay is it, that's, that's kind of like the trendy thing to have now so like for those that don't know it's kind of like an area outside of the ballpark that's restaurants and like huge screens and like it's a concert venue it's like a lot of different things and they're like little mini restaurants inside this one big place and essentially what they're aiming to do is be kind of the full experience you want to go to the game you want to get dinner afterwards or before you want to spend some time there it's cooler i mean especially in texas that's such a huge deal and it's just a place for people to take the the whole family and have some beers if you want to or whatever and enjoy watching the rangers or whatever you're going to watch on their giant sports tvs like we watched a bunch of the world series there whenever the red sox were playing last year playing the dodgers and i mean it was a great place to watch baseball i mean it was like a 50 foot screen the thing is enormous yeah, it's pretty incredible. Um, I definitely loved the food hall kind of atmosphere of it. I like the bars. I like uh, the entertainment venue over there. You're right about the AC being a huge deal. I mean, 
considering the fact that we are in Texas. Good Lord. But uh, I also thought that it was pretty awesome when we got to watch the Rangers game before we walked into the Rangers game, which was a kind of a neat trick. Yeah, they had all the baseball games and everything on uh, that giant TV. Um, We actually got to watch the uh, national anthem being played. And uh, for those of you that know me, you'll know that I'm, I'm a pretty big Patriot. I have my, my hat off and my, my head over my heart and everything. And uh, it was followed up when it was over, which was a very good national anthem, by the way, nice and concise, not too many high points with, uh, with some serious club music. Yeah. Inside of life. And uh <laughs> <laughs> to have the the fog machine going and and the lights going and the lasers going and it was just like it really was yeah it was pretty outrageous um i'm not i'm not really sure what the uh it was like i was living a meme honestly i'm not really sure how i felt about that but uh but yeah overall great experience um great service good people um it was great to meet all of you guys in person dude yeah absolutely and, and that's really kind of a fraction of us too i know i know that's the crazy part there's there's so much more to it too brandon what kind yeah. of beer were you guys able to get out there like because they have like the specialty area and everything that's where you guys went down to right oh okay so so what what justin's talking about is we ended up going to the ballpark we were sitting in the upper deck area of the 300s which thank god because it was a really hot day in the 90s and having that shade really made a, a big uh impact on that but um yeah uh when we got up there they only served bud light so carl and i were just kind of like uh, okay uh, if I have to have carbonated water with a little bit of beer, okay. Um, <laughs> so uh, we talked to, I forget who mentioned it, but World of Beers, I guess there's like some stand that's got uh, a lot more beers to choose from. So we walked all the way over there and come to find out that that stand or that area is only open for the game at night and not any games in, in the middle of the day. <laughs> I'm like, uh, thanks a lot, Bible Belt. <laughs> got him. <laughs> No, the uh, the mandate came from girlfriend, right? Because you have to have your alcoholic seltzer. If you don't have your oh, alcoholic right. seltzer, you're doing it wrong. And Naturally. the question came, where do you find like the truly your like your bond and viv or whatever it is? And so we definitely went biblical on it and wondered for 40 days and 40 nights in the middle of the stands. And, uh, and when we came back, they were just like, where the hell have you been? And we we're just like, uh, we found other trash beer that wasn't Bud Light. Like, congratulations to us. That is now so, slightly warmer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, we were. Uh, I mean, it was, it was, it was good because I actually got to to talk to Brandon and everything. But, uh, yeah, but the out. sunburn's not going to pay off. No, <laughs> no, for sure. They absolutely should be ashamed of themselves for not considering building an indoor stadium before they did. Like it is like it's not the heat that's bad. Like 90 degrees is okay to deal with. Like it sucks, but it's not terrible. It's whenever the sun's beating on you. That's absolutely. Yeah, that's the real problem. So my question is, let's go back to this seltzer thing. 
so <laughs> when did that okay. start? When did that start, like, cosmically, or when did that start in my household? In your household. Yeah. In my household, that was... Right. Uh, Which could be considered cosmically. Cosmically, yeah. They might overlap, right? No, the I... The cosmos uh, of Carl. The cosmos of Carl. It, yeah. uh, it hit um, probably a solid two weeks ago. We're, we're really usually pretty late on the uptake. And, uh, and when we saw the commercials and everything, it was even last Super Bowl we saw commercials for this stuff, honestly. I mean, it was just taking off. Um, I, hell, I was excited that they had Zima resurgence mm. you know a year ago Who is so it? i know right i mean everybody deserves a zima or nobody deserves a zima but the point is that uh we had uh we had the the trulies in our fridge two weeks ago and i'm not gonna lie i uh i imbibed one or you know five and uh they were good or they were, they were not bad they they were they were exactly as advertised Okay. It's I, you're not. This is one of those products where you're not going to get into a situation where you're like, "Holy shit!" You know that was amazing. It was just like, "Oh wow, this is bubbly water with booze." Congratulations! Several companies have done it right, and one of those found its way into my fridge. So it's like Lacroix, but with alcohol. There is a little bit of that. Um, they they get a little bit more adventurous with the flavors, I think, because when you get into like well, I don't know if it's grain alcohol or what the hell it is, but <laughs> when you get into this kind of stuff, I mean, yeah, there's like ever ever cleared seltzer water. Um, but no, it's uh, I think that it's mostly uh, college flavored edition. College flavored, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's like we picked up one that was like the tropical pack, and it had like pomegranate and pineapple, which girlfriend will literally kick down the door for. Um, Girls like pineapple. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No no euphemism here. What a great generalization. (laughs) (laughs) Women and their pineapple. Oh, I did not expect him to say that. Mark that for later. (laughs) I can take it a step further, but I'm going to refrain. Yeah, no, it's good. It's fair enough. See, I think that we should go into business and design our own flavors. I think we could do that. Like maybe like a pecan berry. You know, like a maybe like a wood wood grass clippings. You know, something something real manly. You know, I like was oh man, no, I can't, I can't go there. I'm I'm thinking of uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm thinking of manly flavors. I mean, like what about like Thanksgiving turkey? Yeah, that'd be a good one. Yeah, 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 bacon. Yeah, Jim Sweat. You know, Jim Sweat. Yeah, get after it. Get your gym sweat on after you get your gym sweat on. It's like the people that mark or market a uh, Michelob Ultra, you mm. know, to the people who are working out. And I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, I I don't have to try to get fat. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> I can drink all the Michelob Ultra I want and I'll gain weight like crazy. Yeah. But uh, it's but no, it's not how that works. It's not how that works. <laughs> not at all. But I I just feel like. I see that shit everywhere, though. To Brandon's point, it seems like it's exploded in the last, like, maybe year or two. Really, no, that's 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 on point. It it blew up. We haven't gotten onto that in this house. Claire's not really all about those things. Has she tried one though? Yeah. Oh yeah, she has. Okay, she's I was fine. wondering if you like. Yeah. She's no, em- Emily. Emily will will like leave that as a as a trap for other women, and and they will like stumble upon it. And they'll they'll drink it and they'll be like, that's it. That's all we have in this house now. <laughs> yeah, that's so all, all your beer is replaced with with truly and Bon and Viv. It's 
it's sort of like the insanity that I just led you down with the path of, you know, manly flavored <laughs> seltzer drinks. <laughs> well, I mean, like, so, so my, my initial like shoot from the hip one was going to be jockstrap. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was like, I guess some guys would be into that, but probably not. Probably most, not so. many. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Step right up to J max jockstrap. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. J Max Jockstrap sounds like a great uh, ad for the Thank outfielder. Dog dogs, yeah, <laughs> dog dog dogs and J Max Jockstrap. I will say, Perfect. at the baseball game, there were a sufficient amount of dong dog jokes. So, oh, yeah. oh yeah, no, I mean that's one of y'all's best bits from the outfielder. It I'll, really uh, is. Yeah, I'll speak on that. Yeah, the best ones of those ads are whenever Sam feeds me half of an idea and I just finish it out on him, you know, and he's just absolutely stunned by it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah it's hard Sam to get him ideal meal yeah for sure it's hard to get him like rolling laughing but sometimes you can make it happen those tend to oh be. yeah but it was a good time we're gonna do more of those for sure throughout the summer and everything so we'll be letting people know next time we're definitely gonna take the road machine so we can do some recording out there oh yeah that'd be fun i think an episode of us just sitting there bullshitting while we watch a game would, would be absolutely incredible I'd say it's worth it. We we definitely work out that dynamic, but it's going to be a lot of fun. We did that uh, last year with Sam and Stephanie and Claire, and that's where we got the nut to butt drop. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a classic one. <laughs> that's a good one. I don't go back to just peachy and clip stuff out of their shows for drops. I think that's probably just best left alone. That's a target rich environment, so I'd probably probably stand off on that one. Well. This is the best transition I'll ever come up with. I'm just going to warn you right now. Uh, in the context of manly things, we were talking about Tim Taylor today. <laughs> and we were talking about the the lawnmower that goes Mach 1. Brandon, did you see this yeah. goddamn thing? Oh, yeah, dude. I grew up watching that show. So, oh. so Carl, tell the story about the article you, you found. Or, you know, talk about the article you found first. And we'll kind of go into the Tim Taylor tie-in. Okay, this is kind of the sky down view, but I'll give it to you. Uh, it was uh, it was Honda, and Honda apparently has all of the money because they can invest in a lawnmower that will beat a McLaren F1 to 100 miles an hour. Wow! Jesus. Which I mean, like if you if you grew up like in the 90s. Um, you know the McLaren F1. Right. It it's got like gold foil engine bay. It's got like three seats. You know, it's a completely sexed out supercar. And then you've got this lawnmower, which you get to juxtapose with it, right? And uh, and its claim to fame is that it can mow lawns at fifty miles an hour. So, J Mac, when are we going to open yeah. up your lawn? To the uh, to the Honda like master lawnmower. Not only will I mow my lawn faster than anybody else's, I'll mow three lawns on my block in the time that it takes one of my neighbors to mow their lawn. Hmm. I think there there have been eighties level comedies that have been based off of less. I am one hundred percent confident in myself that I could control that lawnmower. I am impressed. I am. I have <laughs> no doubt that I could do this. I saw the guy driving that thing and he's leaning back like full tilt, <laughs> yeah. you know, with his head just locked in, 
probably praying that he had something to hook a Hans device to. And he's going like, you know, a hundred miles an hour on this, like just this lawnmower. I mean, like, I can't think of a pucker factor that'd be worse than that. Yeah, well, maybe I say. can actually, but <laughs> colostomy bag and toe and everything. <laughs> oh, no, I couldn't handle that, man. I mean, like you think about the handling characteristics of a lawnmower. What are you doing? Like, uh, the, but you know, God bless Honda because they own their, their power sports division. They own their, uh, their, yard implements division and everything and if they're going to pour money into a, a hot rod lawnmower uh what's to keep us from gawking at it so good job honda wow that's it, a oh, go ahead, very american thing to do <laughs> if you guys can arrange me to be able to drive this lawnmower i'll do it okay well it's worth an email right yeah worth a phone call yeah let's do this right now Carl, this is the exact same conversation that we had the time that we were offered to drive a tank, or we were considering driving a tank. Remember this? Oh yeah, in Atlanta, oh, absolutely. Yeah, we, yeah. We got, Carl and I got into a situation where we had the option to drive a tank, and it all it really required was us driving like an hour and a half outside the city, which we really didn't want to do, and we ultimately decided not to because we were both very confident in our tank driving abilities. <laughs> Right. We we already knew is a known quantity how good we were at tank driving. So why why waste our talents? I mean, yeah. for a bachelor party. Right. Why drive a tank when I already know that I can? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was uh uh th- there was actually a uh, a place here in Texas that allows you to drive your tank and I'm I'm oh. very much considering for uh when my bachelor party whenever that comes around to actually go and uh and drive some tanks. Oh no, I think we need to go before that we need to go drive some tanks like together. Yeah. I, I think that would be yeah. awesome content. <laughs> Good content. You don't actually need a event any kind of moment to base this around except right. for tank driving day which can be any day of the year. And Thank I can you, guarantee you that I would get Ben to dress up in his World War II uniform. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> if he's not, I'd be upset. Yeah. I, I just, I feel like this is something that we need to do for content alone. I don't want to kill your bachelor party or anything, but I don't think you're going to turn down a chance to drive a tank other than the fact that you know that you can. So why do it? I, I think that's true. I, I was way too cocky that day. I mean, now I'm now I'm all about it. So you've let's been go. grounded. Is that what happened? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I definitely i I found my footing in the tank driving game. I, I so yeah, takes takes time. Takes time. Takes time. Yeah, <laughs> it's a gift. That's for sure. But no, the first thing I thought of whenever you sent me the lawnmower thing was the the home improvement tie-in because Tim Taylor did that. So to Brandon's comment a minute ago, I mean, we all grew up in the '90s watching Home Improvement. What an incredible. Absolutely incredible show just in general we actually just rewatched that not that long ago how many seasons was that it was like eight seasons something like that okay that's impressive for the 90s yeah for sure and it it went it went hard the whole way it really did i thought yeah the dynamic stayed stayed really true and it felt the only time that it kind of fell off a little bit was whenever jonathan taylor thomas left the show yeah, which that guy went into finance. What's that guy's deal? Yeah, I don't know. I really don't. <laughs> Who does he think he is? Shia LaBeouf? Uh, Shia LaBeouf doesn't even think he's Shia LaBeouf. Uh, That's not fair. Boy, we're going to talk about things that kill movies here in just a second. But boy, is that one of them. Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> yeah. Man. 
Wait, you guys didn't watch Eagle Eye on repeat? I don't understand. <laughs> no. <laughs> we'll get into it. Yeah, we'll get into it in a minute. But yeah, it's. Uh, I think we've covered a wide array of things already, including driving tanks. So that's <laughs> that's great news. Uh, the <laughs> craziest. Sto- no, for sure. The craziest story that you had lo- alluded to a second ago, Carl, was at the Willis Tower in Chicago today. The glass on the ledge that you can step out over on the observation deck at the top of this tallest building in Chicago. Tallest building in the world, maybe? Close to it? Something like that? It's something like that. It, I don't think it's in the world, but it's definitely up there. Yeah, no I think Taipei 101 still holds that one, but uh, I could be wrong too because it's it's been a little while since I've done research on tallest building in the world. Right, but it basically it has an observation thing where you can step out over like onto some glass that basically there's nothing under you. Brandon, you've been there. What's it like? Yeah, I think it's like the 100th or 103rd story, something like that. I want to say it's one of the tallest buildings in the U.S. Um, pretty sure it's taller than the Freedom Tower. Um but I'm looking. Yeah. You talk about this. Okay. Yeah. And I sent you uh, pictures on Hangouts, by the way. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, I've been to it twice. Uh, once in 09, once in 2010. And stepping out on it for the first time was pretty nerve wracking because you don't trust yourself and you can see straight down the glass bottom floor. But eventually you realize, hey, this is built with like NASA material and, you know, this, this isn't going anywhere. And uh, eventually you get used to it. You get addicted to it. So much so that the second time I went, uh, I was doing push-ups on it and, you know, kind of freaking everybody out that was next to me. Hell yes. <laughs> the worst is when someone jumps up and down in it. Dude, yeah, that's right. terrifying. Because things like today happen where it shattered. No, it didn't, yep. no I'm sorry. It, well, it didn't shatter. No, that well, would be absolute ass-puckering moment because you'd be dead. <laughs> Can you imagine watching some baby <laughs> junior son of a bitch jumping up and down on that thing and it just shattered. it's not funny it's not no. funny but it's take, so take funny it, take it a step <sighs> what if it was vegas kyle and then he oh man he gave that look on his face like that time at the at the hotel yeah dude but that's the thing about it is that would be a very fitting end to vegas kyle like it really would <laughs> But just the horror of having to live with the fact that you watch that happen would just be absolutely terrible. That sounds like a nightmare. I would just go probably go hop off through the hole. The hole. Just, I'm gone. I'm following that. Check guy. yourself out. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be horrible. So, so, but what's it called? Whenever like the whole thing like spider cracks or what? You know, where it just like isn't that where it? Sh- isn't that shattering? Uh, I, no, I think it like begins to fracture. I mean, like yeah, it. Yeah, okay. fracturing. I mean, like it's you've you've got your little like spidering and that kind of thing. I mean, for people who are familiar with windshields, I mean that's what you're gonna probably refer to it as colloquially, right? So, right. yeah, I mean, like you've got a you're a bit like standing out there. What were they doing? Were they like hopping around on one foot? I mean, like what was what was the impetus for uh, for cracking the uh, the floor? Well, I and that's the thing. It's it's so many layers thick. So I think it. Uh, if I remember correctly, it's probably like this many layers thick, you know, so it's, it's a few inches and, uh, or more than a few, but I think it had something to do probably with like the pressure and oh yeah, for sure. all those variables, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're, if you're going to apply that much pressure to a small enough, you know, area that you're, you're likely going to crack at least one of those laminate and it's, it's pretty, that's, that's enough for me to run as right. fast as I can. 
away from that shit. So <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was watching a video from like a news station in Chicago that was talking about it, you know, and they were showing. So there's like two different like p- things you can step out into, like basically like two different like window sill type things that you can step out. And so they were they were taping it from the other one, and they were looking in while they were putting the new glass in. So they put the new glass and set it down, and then like there's like someone standing there like watching th- them do this, and then the guy just like goes like this, like go ahead, step out there, and that this woman <laughs> just has this look on her face, like absolutely not, <laughs> like absolutely. What do you mean? You just replaced the like you just set it down and said go ahead. No, it was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, they pay, they pay test pilots for that kind of uh, ass puckery. Yeah, but we're going to go ahead and offer it to you. you know, <laughs> How about you, random, <laughs> random citizen? Come on down. How about you get up there and jump up and down a couple of times and make sure it's good? Come on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you'd think they'd have some kind of like uh, legitimate test for this. That instead of reporter, jump up and down three times. Okay, we've signed it off. <laughs> yeah, we're good. And is that really something to be putting on the news also? That seems odd. No, I mean, well, like, think about the billing for that reporter. I jumped up and down on that square three times and nothing happened. Yeah, exactly. And what uh, happens What happens if you're in the one square while they're replacing the other one and that one shatters? Then you're really fucked. Uh, then, then you have the worst press of any building <laughs> in a long time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah gonna... I want to say that the so there's two of those uh, uh, they're not called sky boxes. I can't remember what they're called now, but uh, the company that designed those, I want to say that's been there since like 08 or 09. So it's probably been 10 or 11 years. Uh, I believe they're the same company that built sort of like I don't think it's a bridge, but I think it's another sort of thing that kind of extends off the cliff of the Grand Canyon. Right. Oh, yeah. Also, mm. which to me would be even more frightening. Ooh, I don't know. That's a hard call. Boy, either is really a lot of fuckery if you think about it, though. But there's been a lot of deaths at uh, the Grand Canyon. Like that one guy was taking a selfie from uh, Asia, and he uh, fell backwards and died. Yeah, but I mean, there's a lot of that going on where people are starting to take selfies and they end up dying. So, you know, just people in general just not paying attention and always with their head down looking at their phone. Right, which I mean, you can only throw so many laws at before people continue to look down at their th- their phone and uh, embarrassingly run into somebody else. So, yeah, okay, it's the, pretty rough. The Willis Tower is the twenty first highest tower in the world. Holy shit! There four, are twenty more. Okay, yeah, at fourteen hundred and fifty feet. Still, I mean, it, that's not going to comfort me while I'm watching a plate crack underneath me. Boy, this is only twenty one. <laughs> not bad. Yeah. Could be worse. <laughs> could be worse. Could I could be really worse. be up there. So how deep is the Grand Canyon at that point, I wonder, though? I don't know. I mean, I, like I, I research t- this now. <laughs> to me, I'm thinking to myself, like, maybe maybe the actual, you know, cityscape and things like that. I mean, it's one familiar the, territory. Yeah. One of the shots that I like in film of Chicago, uh, probably the most popular film that's out there, The Dark Knight. They filmed a lot of it in Chicago. Uh, and the scene where he's up top and he's trying to listen in and, and kind of gather a frequency of a call or is before he goes and investigates the apartment where the, the two detectives are dead on the table. One guy's name is Harvey. The other guy's name is Dent, you know, and that kind of thing. But before that, the scene, he's standing on top of a really tall building. That's mm-hmm. the top of the Willis Tower. 
Yeah. Standing on the edge. You've you've officially made it not less terrifying for me. Yeah. Yeah. Batman can do it. You know, speaking of Batman. Speaking of well, wait, real quick, yeah. before we close that out, I have I could we can close the, the canyon talk as well. It's yeah. seven hundred and twenty feet. So the oh. building is higher. Almost, but almost, you got jagged rocks and you know. Yeah, that's fair. I'm just saying from a uh just a height wise, that's what you're looking at. Gotcha. So bad. Oh, I, I feel like I could make that canyon jump. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 time to take a dump in your pants on the way down. <laughs> <laughs> May as well. Uh, <laughs> like, shit. Oh god, the dildo's yeah. back. <laughs> the dildo's back. Tuck and roll, man. You're fine. Yeah. Free in the slavery of high prices, you know. <laughs> oh man. A solid but upsetting callback. I, I apologize for ruining your Batman segue. It was perfect. Oh no, no, no it's good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So where are we waiting? It's on Team Edward. I That's was gonna say, going yeah, there's this. a lot to talk about here with this Batman thing. I, I still got Wolf Farrell in my head now. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, it's back. Oh God, it's back. <laughs> poking him in the head. People uh, don't know what we're talking about. That's the worst. We're talking part. about the goods, by no, the way. I know that. I'm, nobody's, I'm, telling, I'm telling our listeners that. No, I know that, but nobody saw that movie is the point. Like, that is the sad part about it. That movie was not great. That's I think those, most people that tune into our show, uh, I think they've probably seen it. Yeah, that's fair. Where we got a demographic overlap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you're right. It's from the goods. We should uh, definitely clarify yeah. that. Yeah, so we're talking about Matt Reeves' uh, new take on the Batman uh, and he's been quoted that this is not to be a just another action punch em up type movie, and it's also not to be just you know nothing but nothing, uh, just just a bunch of explosions and you know like what they've done in the past. It's supposed to be a very noir type of uh, film, uh, and now it's going to be a trilogy uh, that goes over the character of the Batman as I'm a big fan of in the comics, which shows him as the world's greatest detective. And there's not a whole lot of detective work except for maybe in The Dark Knight that you see uh, that has really been on film. So they haven't really truly captured the essence of Batman. And so uh, from what I read today, it looks like it might take place sometime in the 90s when he's a little bit younger, which kind of makes sense as time goes on with technology. Um, And uh, there's been some announcements in terms of who might be in the film. Uh, So the first film, which would be called The Batman, uh, it's been rumored to have the Riddler, uh, Penguin, Catwoman, and another character that a lot of people may not know too much, but if you play the Arkham games, which I'm a big fan of, uh, Firefly. And so with those four villains in there, uh, there's really, I mean, they could take this so many different directions, but uh, before I give my opinion on it, I definitely want to hear your guys' take on uh, the Batman and, of course, uh, you know, Team Edward and all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Robert Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. Uh being the new Batman, I think is uh he's got the jawline for it. I'll give him that. Mm-hmm. And uh he's got the actual backup from all of the movies and art films he's done to show that he can play that level of character. Uh so yeah, I give him crap for the whole Twilight thing and everything. But I mean like in in general, uh I think he's a capable actor. Um I get to nerd out with you, Brandon, on the fact that we get to do world's greatest detective finally, and we get to actually do the whole uh, early years thing, which again, 
hard rehash of things we've already seen a million times, but I really hope that we do it in a way that is handled almost in the way that the latest uh, Spider-Man films were handled and that we, yeah, we get it. We know the origin story. We've seen this a million times. Let's fast forward to the meat and, and let's get, you know, this first origin story kind of rolling. So I'm, uh, I'm excited. Uh, I don't know where I'm going to rank him in the pantheon of Batman, but, uh, but I will say that I am excited. Um, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how they treat it. Uh, we've seen everything from, you know, Christopher Nolan to Tim Burton. So it's, it's a pretty wide, wide swath that we're painting here. Um, I imagine somewhere in the middle and uh, kind of curious as to how it's going to pan out. So I, I actually like this take too. I don't, I, I felt like when I heard about it, I didn't, I couldn't really decide. I was really kind of in between. And when I started talking to Carl about it a little bit at the baseball game the other day, it really made me think about like the fact that he's done so much more than just like the twilight stuff. And he's really perfected his craft. He definitely has the look. I, I struggle to compare anybody to Christian Bale because he was so damn good. But like, especially, I guess, especially in the aftermath of Ben Affleck being really terrible. It, it's, really hard to have high expectations but i feel like i'm excited for this i'm, I'm gonna really give it an open-minded shot because i think he he definitely has the range to do it i'll stand up for my boy batfleck um you know he wasn't great and he definitely isn't the best um and a lot of times you end up getting a, either a really good bruce wayne or a really good batman but not one that's a really good one of both right so i would say that was he terrible I, I'd probably give him just below average, you know, I mean, like given the grand scheme of things, but we'll crash that later. I mean, like, we'll, we'll go into actual hot Batman talk and everything closer to the actual release, but the, uh, but the actual, uh, you know, where, where you actually stack these people up. I mean, this is, this is going to be pretty important. I mean, Robert Pattinson's got a lot of, he's got a big cowl to fill, so to speak. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure he's going to do a hell of a lot better job than George Clooney. That one I will give you 100%. God, you remember? So I actually have seen uh, there, there was a, a movie reviewer thing out there, and it was kind of like, here's all the different Batman coming out. And, you know, Bale does his growling voice and Keaton and everybody, and even Val Kilmer had a good one. And then Clooney comes in, hi, Freeze, I'm Batman. Like, yeah. What the hell was that? He's got a he's got the was it the Bat Express card or whatever. Oh God! That yeah, such an abortion. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. It's one of the worst movies ever made. Yeah, Bat so, nipples. Just, Bat nipples. I know. I imagine. I imagine Clooney charged that whole movie to that card. So. Oh yeah. I think we're so. he's, he's probably still paying that one off. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, you make a good point with uh, Pattinson. That's why I'm I'm definitely gonna give him a chance. And um, you know, whenever it was announced that he was in the running for it, you know, before they announced his name, I was always thinking maybe Army Hammer would be good. Uh, I like that. He's right there on the cusp in terms of what Matt Reeves is looking for, uh, age wise. But because uh, I feel like Army Hammer has the build, but you know, any of these movie stars can get in, take supplements 
work out in the gym 24 seven and boom, you're in Batman shape. Christian Bale. Christian Bale proved that. Yeah. Yeah. The said machinist, I think he weighed like 85 pounds or 80 pounds or something like that. Yeah, It was incredible. In no time he weighed like 200 something. And, and most of it was, was I think like 50 pounds of muscle. Like it was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, one thing that I do like in comparison in terms of, you know, Matt Reeves is a very serious director. You look at uh, the Planet of the Apes films that he recently did, that trilogy. I really liked that and enjoyed it. Took it very seriously. And it wasn't, you know, like uh, what Wahlberg did back in the early 2000s, which you know, don't even want to get into that. Another Tim but, Burton uh, film. Yeah. Yep. But just like how, uh, you know, Nolan came along, wanted to do something serious, ground it in the roots of the comics, you know, the roots of the source material. It's the same thing Reeves is doing. And just like with the Dark Knight trilogy with uh, with Christian Bale, who, you know, yeah, some people knew his name because of uh, the movie he did as a kid with, uh, uh, what was it, what? Took place World War II? The Newsies? Uh, well, he was in the Newsies, but before that, he was in one uh, directed by uh, Spielberg. Uh, I think it was called, like, Rising Sun or something like that. And it had something to do with this kid who survived the, the bombing of the Japanese back in World War II. Oh, wow. And yeah. So that's kind of like, you know, then the Newsies and, and all that. But after the Newsies, he was doing a bunch of indie films, such as American Psycho, which didn't yeah. really do that well at the box office, but afterwards became a cult classic. Right. So I'm not saying that Pattinson has done cult classics uh, recently, but he has done some really good films like Good Time and um, and a few others. There's there's one coming out uh, here soon by, uh, I think his name is Robert Eggers, uh, I want to say, the guy who directed The Witch, and it's, it's called Lighthouse, and uh, he's in that, supposed to be very gritty and very kind of like suspense, scary driven, uh, but it was at Cannes and got good reviews, so, you know, kind of like similar arcs here uh, for these actors, uh, Bale and Pattinson, so that's kind of what, what I'm kind of really excited about. Uh, but you had mentioned something about maybe there's too many characters in this. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I think that that's one of the things that and we had talked about uh, for for even the in the last uh, the in the last episode uh, that I was on, kind of talking about the things in movies and TV that really ruin things. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that uh, kind of got to me in Oh, they've gotten so much better about this now. I, I just want to clarify that right up front. But there's some movies out there that have an all-star cast and can't juggle worth a shit. And, uh, you know, I think the prime example of that in uh, superhero films is obviously something like Spider-Man 3, you know, where, I mean, you've got like Topher yeah. Grace and that kind of thing. And then, um, oh, what's his, what's his name? Um I've got it right here. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The fact is that you've got a pretty star-studded cast and you can't juggle worth a shit and then you really hack it up in editing and then you ruin everything because it's too stuffed. And so when you're talking about Firefly, Riddler, Catwoman, Penguin, uh, all, well, except for Firefly, huge hitters in that universe, right? So uh, how do you balance time in an ensemble cast like that. We've had examples in stuff like that. Like, let's say, uh, I don't know, the big example is like Aven- Avengers movies. Sure, Marvel films, yeah. Uh, Marvel yeah, Marvel's film. good with that. Yeah, and, and I think that all comes down to direction. Um, and that's and screenplay, obviously. 
but I'm uh, I'm really curious as to see how that's going to pan out as far as the Batman thing is concerned. But yeah, in general, I hate that. I mean, it's it's one of those things where if you if I mean that's how you show that you've got a director out of your depth is when you've got so many big star vehicles on your cast and then you can't give them any amount of time that's worth a damn. I mean, that's a failing on you as a director, I would think. So, I mean, do you disagree? I mean, is that is that a bad take on that? No, I, I totally agree with that. Um, and here's the thing about this film is that, you know, he's going to be younger. And I, I looked actually at the sort of what's leaked out is what he's looking for for these characters. They're going to be like in their 20s and 30s. Uh, that's who they want these actors and actresses to be in real life. So it's not like they're going to cast someone who's in their 40s and pretend he's 30, you know. So they're looking for people who are actually going to be young enough. Uh, to do these roles and so with that that excites me because that gives these other you know actors and actresses an opportunity that come from the indie world maybe we don't know as much and they're not their face isn't plastered everywhere like Scarlett Johansson and all these other people like you see in the Marvel films all of those all those actors and actresses were well established but they work well together because why they have a really good team at screen testing and uh, looking for chemistry together uh, but the, the thing about the Marvel films and what works is that the studio pulls their their hand out of everybody's ass and is just kind of like, you make the film. Here's the comic. Here's the, the material. We'll go and take a look at it. But, you know, we're not going to be in the kitchen. You see what WB's done, especially with the DCEU films. Oh, they were they had hands up everybody's asses up in the kitchen. And yeah. what happened. It was just I mean, it's already like pretty much. A done thing like i don't think there's going to be more superman movies the only thing that was successful was wonder woman and uh aquaman uh so there's really not much that's happening there and i i feel like they you know the they wanted to compete so badly that the studio got way too involved just like they did back whenever they ruined batman with batman and robin and batman forever because they wanted to sell a bunch of toys so they're like oh yeah yeah he'll dress in a white costume then he's in a black costume and yeah whatever just make it work you know so yeah. I feel like with what's happening here, I while uh, I feel like your your fears definitely have a lot of credence to it. Um, with this, wh what I'm hoping the director's doing is he's going after one of my prized uh, graphic novels in, in Batman, which is The Long Halloween. And that takes place over the course of a year. It starts on Halloween and ends the Halloween uh, the following year. And it's all about there's so many different villains and, and stuff that's kind of like drawn out. So if you do it in that sort of uh, amount of time and not a real time 24 aspect, but more of like you draw it out over the scope of a year, you could make that work and you could be able to balance it out. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a strong agree on that point. If uh, if you actually val you know, value the source material and, and actually pay attention to the timing of everything. That's a that's a big win. I mean, like I'm saying, it's it's been done. Obviously, we have good examples of that now. But uh, boy, do we have stinkers. And and it yeah. just scares the hell out of me when you get that kind of ensemble cast together and you don't give them enough time. That's yeah, the exact we, problem. Exact. Like you just right. cannot fail with it. It's got to be a perfect balance. It's it's really all or nothing in that in that case. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The most important thing is WB just needs to back the hell off. I think they know that they caused the DCU crap to all fall apart and they realized, Hey, look at what we do with Christopher Nolan. He just ran the show. He didn't really show us much. Nothing leaked out. 
and it was a success. Like it, it became, you know, it was a financial, just colossal success. So I think they are, they learned their lesson and they're going back. That's what I'm hoping for, for this film. Otherwise this film will fail if they have too much studio involvement. Yeah. They got the Joker coming out uh, with Joaquin Phoenix. They've got this film coming out. Um, I think if they, if they really handle everything correctly, they've got a shot at it. You're right. I, yep. I'm excited for the Joker movie, though. We're going to have to go see that all together in October, I think. I'm in. I think yeah. that's a, a mandatory. That's something we do every October, it seems like, on this show. We went and saw Halloween last year, so we're, I think we have to do the same kind of thing for this. Yeah, and the the actual substance that that's drawing from, I think, is a killing joke. And uh, <laughs> that's going to be uh, a pretty a pretty mean storyline. It's going to be pretty dirty and gritty. So uh, Joaquin Phoenix can pull it off uh, with the right direction and editing. I think it's going to actually pan out. Uh, we just we got to kind of cross our fingers and hope they don't butcher another DC film. But, uh, but yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, any other things that that you guys think actually uh, brutalize movies as far as uh, like tropes and things like that go? Music, the wrong music, music in a movie Jeez. can Holy just shit. destroy a movie. Agreed. I'm trying to think of one that's really obvious. There, there's several of them out there that just. I, the problem is, like, I won't watch it more than once if it's that bad. The 80s, that's fair. The '80s, like John Hughes type music, were very, very guilty of that. That. Like, the wrong music at the wrong time kind of thing well it, is that what you're getting at it fit okay but it was just so hokey but yeah i mean also the wrong music at the wrong time as well yeah i mean i think, I think that's what makes the movie blow for me is the fact that they nailed the music for the time period nailed it what do you think brandon I think with, uh, yeah, and then the 90s TV shows kind of like copied and emulated what happened with the John Hughes films. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You got, you know, your your TGIF shows and then uh, Seventh Heaven and all that crap, you know, it's like they just be talking and you just have like the very serious violins going on and, you know, and you still uh, hear it and see it in some serious films now where it's just kind of like, you know, my dad and I watch a movie and he's just like, why is music playing? They're just talking in a room, you know? Exactly. Yeah. No, my exact point. That. But also the wrong music choice too kills me as well. But the placement is everything also. And there's, st I was watching a show. I can't remember what it was on Netflix with Claire recently. And it just, the music just took away from it. And it it's supposed to accent it very nicely and gently. It's not supposed to overwhelm. And it just yeah. punched you in the face. We're uh, we're a big Hans Zimmer fan in this house, and uh, and so we'll do like the Hans Zimmer live and things like that, and we'll really get into it and like the amount of atmosphere and mood that he adds. I will say to most, maybe not all of his films that he's composed for, um, you can you can really feel it. I mean, like it really tracks well, and uh, I think that when when you don't have that, when you don't add to that moment. Uh, boy, can you tell? I mean, like, good lord, um, <laughs> I, I can't think of a good example of that. But I, I just, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, you so that, talking about scenes without uh, music that should have music. Oh, scenes without music that should have music. Yeah. Oh man. Um, hmm. Uh, there's, there's definitely. I think horror films can be guilty of that as much as they're guilty of the opposite 
um you know you'll you'll have that like heavy breathing and you'll and you'll really have that kind of what they they're trying to kind of convey is an atmospheric kind of thing where you're really trying to like uh oh my god this is the last breath i'll ever take you know uh you know smash cut to your face dead that kind of deal Mm -hmm. and uh and i i understand there is an idea behind that it's overdone now and i also think that uh the opposite is true in horror movies where you get all music all the time it's dumb as hell and that is like that's i think that's 80s to a t yeah slasher yeah Yeah. slasher movies slasher movies are guilty of that like like, whoa is there anything worse than watching a scene where like you know someone's dying in someone else's arms and all of a sudden staying alive starts playing and you're like what the fuck is this (laughs) like you know are you kidding me like is there anything worse than that i don't think so i really don't no Though also also perfect choice. <laughs> perfect choice for the energy, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, the BGs. Yeah. I would say that uh for horror movies though, like the the ones that get it right, uh, that really just kind of threw me for a loop where I was like, damn, everything about this this film and this franchise is good as the insidious franchise. First time mm. I saw Insidious, just the the crazy string violins just in the higher octaves just going i mean there's nothing more unsettling than that uh, it creates yeah, nervous energy that. yeah i'll yeah. agree with that yeah i yeah. uh, same thing with the dark knight you know the joker and all that where it's just slowly starting to wind up and it keeps going uh but yeah i i definitely agree with you i i feel like a scene that probably should have had music was uh in the movie drive when they go out for the first time and he's standing in her apartment and they just stare at each other and it's going on a little too long and you're just kind of like, okay. That's honestly, that was probably the one I was thinking of and I didn't even say it. Uh, yeah, I, I can't remember. I mean, uh, it wasn't Danny Boyle who did that movie. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Um, uh, Nicholas, uh, I can't remember his last name. Yeah. Nicholas yeah. Winding something. Why, uh, Re- uh, Refn. Reffin, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, that was another movie where atmosphere was king. Mm-hmm. And uh, great on them. Like, good camera direction. Um, boy, did he have some real misses after that. But it was a great star vehicle for him at the very beginning. And, uh, God, I mean, like, yeah, there's moments where you're just, like, long, drawn-out pauses. And, I mean, it, it's just, like, it kills the entire drive of the moment. I mean, like it, it no is. No pun intended. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Beautiful. So clever. Didn't even know I could do that. Beautiful. Clever girl. Clever girl. Is there any like <laughs> obvious other things that ruin like movies or TV shows? Oh, I got one for you for sure. And I don't see this too much in TV shows. Uh, it's more so in movies it gets overdone, but especially action movies. Like recently, I saw John Wick three, um, which was amazing, but. What I like about how it's directed, because it's directed by the same guy who was uh, Keanu Reeves' stuntman in the Matrix films, it's done what you want to see in an action film. If there's a fight scene or a car chase, what do you want to see? Do you want to see the close-up of like you know the Mustang emblem as, as everything's driving fast and everything's a blur? Or do you want to see a wide shot so you can see everything? For me, I'm, I'm a wide shot guy. You know, I understand maybe somehow sometimes getting in close, but you know, for all the fight scenes and, and action scenes, it's all wide shots. So with that, it makes it easier to edit the film. What kills me is watching movies like Assassin's Creed, which is horrible, 
And there's a scene where he jumps onto like a cart or, or, or a truck or something like that. And as he's jumping in the air, there's all these different, you know, cameras and these different angles. And so the editor basically was just kind of like, while, while he's in the air, he's like, okay, left shot, right shot, underneath him. You know, so you see his ball sack, uh, bump shot, bird eye view, blah, blah, blah. And you see like 30 different angles before he even lands on the fucking thing. And you're just like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. Another another clear one was uh, Taken 3 when he's like busting into the shed before he uh, goes underground <laughs> to the tunnel system. Yeah. And it shows climbing over a fence and as he's jumping over the fence same thing it's just like boom 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 before he gets over the fence you're like what did i just see was that like did i just see a whole other film in yeah. three seconds meanwhile you're over there trying not to vomit because you feel like you just got taken for a roller coaster ride it's all i hate that too 100 yep. percent. the editing can get so rough uh i remember i i'm guilty of watching junk food tv like arrow sometimes okay and uh, get my comic book fix on. But I will say that there is definitely a moment where uh, there was one season where the direction was so, or maybe it was just the editing, honestly. It was so horrendously bad where, you, I mean, in every fight scene, every single pull of a punch, every single push of a punch, every single grab, every single kick, yeah, I mean, it was at least three different shots in, in one motion. And it, it's jarring. It's stupid. I yeah. mean, like it, it takes you out of the actual uh, action instead of putting you into it. And the whole idea is to kind of speed up that fight just enough to make it really feel like you're making contact. Yeah. And, uh, and, and you can tell when one is done by some neophyte director that's really trying to get, you know, his, uh, <laughs> his feet wet in, in the fight scene game because he'll do the whole 40 shot thing in one second and it will it, it'll be the point where you don't know what the hell's going on yeah so it yeah. just feels so over the top just, it is it's like someone that just you like using to your point just using tools because they can versus using them to make the aesthetic pleasing yeah kind of like what michael bay did with the uh transformer films or like everything for the most part, really. For the most yeah. part. Yeah. Unfortunately, Michael Bay had plenty of traction to know what he was doing, and he still didn't. So that is on him completely. That's a good point. <laughs> yep. I mean, he did make The Rock, which was fantastic. So, but so uh, Sniper's going to get his ash. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. What an impression. I can't believe you, whenever you were talking about the shed, Brandon, that you didn't mention get off the shed. I was impressed. Hey, the thought entered my mind, but yeah. I, I had to finish my thought. Carl, that might be the the one Will Ferrell thing that we forgot to talk about last week was the Will Ferrell get off the shed thing. Yeah, I think, uh, did, did we leave that out? We left that out. Yeah, that's a shame. Anyway, all right, well, that was good talk, boys. I think that we're going to go ahead and wrap things up, but uh, Carl, we're glad to have you, man. We're excited to, to keep things going, and you guys make sure to check us out on social media and on the website and everything. We'll see you guys next week. 